Welcome to the In Memory of Man podcast, a show dedicated to the brave new world of crime, artificial intelligence, and news. The future is now. Here's your host, criminal trial lawyer, researcher, and author, Robert Kiesling. Hello and welcome. It's been about a year since I've done my podcast and a number of people asked me to come back on and explain a few things as this year has been just just crazy, crazy in terms of just uh, everything. Obviously, I don't think I have to explain it. It's pretty self-explanatory. But um, this episode is going to be called Global ID, Open Source, Due Process, and You. And let's go back in what is due process. Well, due process is guaranteed by your government. In criminal law or any kind of law, there is a certain process in which they have to abide by. And I would strongly recommend that you go back to some of my other podcasts to understand when I, I do digress on that. Essentially, it's those rights. Not only that, I think that the laws to some degree are outdated and need to be updated in terms of due process in the digital age, but I also believe that because of the fact that it's now being delegated to de facto to corporations and private corporations at that. So they're becoming, they're able to police without using the due process. And as I said in um, my book, Discredited Citizen, which I have been working on uh, and getting in development and film, and I'm happy to say that it is being developed right now and with a big production company in Hollywood. We'll see how that goes, fingers crossed. It is an arduous journey. That said, um, I think the best way to do this is I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, just a few articles or maybe more than a few. I'm going to comment on some of them and then I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about and why due process is is so important, why open sourcing is so important. Um, I, I believe that eminent domain is an issue. And again, that's when the government can take property for the greater good of the the government, so to speak. So like land. However, what about intellectual property. Uh, can the government now use eminent domain for intellectual property? And the reason I say that is because I think that is an answer for the open source and due process. Getting way ahead of myself. So I digress as usual. Um, here we go. In the news, China launches new app allowing citizens to report others for expressing mistaken opinions. Hello, Orwell. Disney uses COVID-19 as an excuse to install facial recognition. Now, I'll quickly comment on that. That's what I'm talking about. A private corporation has the facial recognition software, and it's going into a database, and that database is feeding the government. So it's circumventing the due process, right? What right does Disney have to install facial recognition on the excuse, I guess, of emergency powers uh, and the health, safety, and welfare of the people? I don't know. But uh, it's disturbing and alarming. Again, I'll give you an example um, why we need to process with this. Uh, and however they want to write it or however they want to do it. But this, this needs to be in discussion. And again, eminent domain for software. Uh, with COVID-19 pandemic normalizing, working from home, bosses have insisted on maintaining their own close supervision of their workforce. For many, that now means an inescapable remote surveillance system. I told you all about this a year ago and how it was coming and it's it's here. So not only that, um, again, there's just going to be some other things that I, I'm not going to touch on any of the, the COVID issues, so to speak, because I, there's other people that do a better job on that. I'm just going to give you the facts on the law and the fact that private corporations have de facto policing of 
people and especially, well, obviously for us in the United States. And that's a, that's a huge problem um, when a technocracy does that. But anyway, so the issue with that is, is like, okay, let's see if you're on salary, right? And then let's say you have a big project, you're working 15 hours, whatever, how many hours you work. And then do they monitor you that t- entire time? What if you take a break? If the, is that break considered part of the work time? Right. And so like, if you go for a smoke break at work, right, you're, you take a smoke break. So are you monitored with that? I mean, you know, are you monitored when you go to the bathroom? How long you go to the bathroom? Where does it end? Seriously. I mean, wow. Amazon introduces its Amazon One Digital Palm Reader, a biometric device that allows customers to pay at Amazon Go stores using their palm. Okay. People, listen, listen. Palm Reader, Amazon, and you. It's... Uh, it, it blows my mind. So they have your palm. They in your palm, right? Obviously, has a unique surface that, just like a fingerprint, it has a print of its own. So that goes into a private database, and that goes into who knows some secret government database or or an open government database. But again, it's private corporations. In <laughs> in Amazon has become so big that that almost everyone has to use it. But again, it, it once you go that direction, you can't, like letting the genie out of the bottle, right? Bad example, but you get what I'm saying. AI news, medical chatbot using open AI's GPT-3 told a fake patient to kill themselves. Wow, that AI doctor, that's a great doctor right there. Malpractice of AI, <laughs> right? So how, uh, who's, who's held responsible for something like that? Is it the creator of the algorithm? Because all algorithms, folks, all AI, all AI at this point is created first by a human being. And there is bias in that code. Understand that no matter what. And remember this, and this is a great quote, so I'm going to do a quote now. It is, any advice is bias, right? Any algorithm is bias. Understand that. And again, we need open source, and I'll get into that in, in a minute. Um Amazon is deploying AI cameras to reveal delivery drivers 100% of the time. See, that ties into the other article, right? What's the difference if, if you're being monitored at home or you're being monitored while you're driving? And, and if, if Amazon wants 100% of the time, then so is your employer eventually. I mean, that's just, what, that's just the nature. Creepy video, DARPA robot now part of NYC police force. Okay. I talked about this a long time ago, uh, a year ago, that I said this would be in the United States. Right when I saw it over, I think it was China or one of the uh, uh, that might have. Yeah, I think it was China um, that had that. I, I, I'll have to look back on that. But it's here. I told you. And so the robot policing is it's only going to increase, right? Um, and, and again, discredited citizen kind of covers that and covers a lot of this stuff. Understand this is important. Internet of bodies. If you don't know what it is, you got to look it up. Okay. So the Internet of bodies is essentially collecting our physical data via a range of devices that can be implanted, swallowed, or worn. And you think, well, what does that have to do with you? Well, um, this is uh, something crazy that, that eventually everyone will be connected to a global digital system. There's some other uh, words I could use for that, but I'm not going to. I think you can figure it out, uh, the monitoring and privacy rights. All right, and so now the, I guess there's a health pass um, and that, yeah, there's a health, the health pass in New York for the stadiums. And this is what I wanted to get to is, right? So it is 
basically using a de facto private corporation and being deputized to monitor its systems through AI. Um, that's, that's a big problem. And uh, back to the Internet of Bodies, uh, Internet has gotten as much attention as it needs to. It needs more uh, to it. It's an outgrowth of the Internet of Things. That's the other thing I want to discuss. Things, things. A term that has been with us for several years now and which refers to the plan to embed every single thing on Earth with a sensor that allows it to be hooked up to the Internet using things like 5G and the smart grid and thus surveilled and monitored. Those are not my words, folks. All these articles will be up, so uh, crazy. Jeff Bezos, shareholder letter. Amazon is developing an algorithmic solution to workplace injuries. So essentially, in a nutshell, what that means is, is that he is somehow got access to your health information. And with that health information, if you, uh, if you develop carpal tunnel, they transfer you to another section. The, the problem with that is, and I know it's good intentions, but the problem with that is, A, they have to have access to your health information. B, you probably won't be able to work there unless you give over that privacy right and that information to them. And then C, it goes into a biased algorithm that tells them whether or not you're a good employee or not a good employee. And then you're punished if you have some kind of medical condition or fired, right, uh, as a result or transferred to another job that might be of a lesser pay. So uh, it's, it's, it's just out of control. There's no due process at all. And, you know, remember, um, you know, open source, I, I, I believe that some of the software is going to have to be through eminent domain, which they do for property, which means the government can take your property if it's for the greater good of the whole and the people. Um, they have to compensate you for it. So I don't know if there's licenses that they, they need to do and then pay these uh, private companies to have an open source and a committee. Um, that has independent groups that can verify that there's no um, what they call backdoors and tracking uh, of your of your data, your metadata. If you don't know what that is, uh, please see some of my prior podcasts. All right, Google is telling its scientists to give AI a positive spin. Okay, again, all AI is biased. Police use of Clearview AI's facial recognition increased 26% after the capital raid. Well, I'm not getting into the capital stuff. Um, uh, it's been politicized, uh, but I will get into the fact that this is the same software, mind you, that 26 legislative representatives, right, were all labeled as a criminal through the database that Clearview used. And this is the same software that's being used, right, uh, and increasing 26% after uh, what happened in January. So uh, uh, people, that's got to be super alarming um, because it, again, it's there's no consistency. It's not it's not it's not beta tested. It, it's they're half-assing it. That's the best way I can say it. And in these companies, uh, let me put it to you this way. So let's say right as a criminal lawyer, you there's a DWI. It, someone gets pulled in for DWI. Then the issue, uh, the breathalyzer to them, right? So when they do that, it's there are different grades of breathalyzers, right? So uh, the cheaper, obviously, is not going to be as good as the best one out there, kind of like washing machines, right? There's all kinds, but some of them are better than others. And you always would want the best. I would assume that anyone that's being tested and being accused of a crime would want the access to the best data, data sourcing available for them to be able to accurately pr predict what or if they are, in fact, guilty of what they say they're guilty of. So I digress again. It's simply 
the fact that Clearview is probably using and possibly using cheaper software. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying, for example, uh, a company such as Clearview, if, if they do, right, then the chances of a mistake happening are going to be greater. And with that out there, when it's the cost of your freedom and your privacy, I, I think that's atrocious. And again, there needs to be things in place that uh, guarantee that we're able to we're able to at least have some kind of due process, and, and, and the, I think it all needs to be rewritten. It's uh, we're in a digital age, and we have to we have to keep up with that digital age in order for this to happen. So, all right, on just a quick thing, a note on photos and fingerprinting. Uh, hopefully, you understand that every time you take a picture, um, there's not only metadata. Um, that's hidden in your photos. There's also a unique personal identifier linking every image you capture to the specific camera used. But it's one you'd probably never suspect. Even professional photographers might not realize or remember it's there. And so really what the identifier is, is man, it doesn't matter where, when, how, or who takes the picture from your phone. They know it's you. And there's a database. I guarantee there's a database that every single picture you've taken digitally, uh, has absolutely been uploaded to um, a private server or a public server or both. So um, I want to go into open sourcing and why I think that's a solution because open sourcing means that it's uh, it's free and it's not free in the sense that uh, like free beer, it's free in the sense of free speech. And it means that anyone can see the algorithm or code that's being used for the AI, such as facial recognition, such as uh, a global ID, for example, such as your health, anything like that. And then it's a full, it's full transparency. And it, the software can be hosted on a premise uh, in a, as a well positioned to ensure privacy when it comes to your digital footprints. So again, folks, if you don't know what a di digital footprint is, we all have it. So it, in a lot of ways, it has surpassed your personal identification, your personal information that you have. And as a, as a person, your address and all that, your, your digital footprint is the digital version of you. And it has way, way more information because they, uh, what some of these companies, and I won't mention any names, but you can look it up, it's not hard. Uh, you know, three, all they need is three metadata points or three data points uh, of an individual, which means three different things that that individual does. Uh, and they can establish a pattern and they can establish who that individual is with uh, disturbingly scary accuracy because of because of algorithms written by biased. And when I say bias, understand this, it's biased in the sense that it is an almost unconscious or sometimes conscious uh, portion of the code that that you can't escape because they can't think of what they can't think of. Um, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but I do believe I've covered it in a lot of different areas. And so, for example, let's say that a family, a husband, wife, two kids, go get vaccinated, right? Then they go to, let's say, a ball game, and they have this uh, this ID that the uh, that they had in New York. But then when they go, um, the the AI, right, right, mislabels them, and it turns out that it says that they are actually a health risk rather than not a health risk. Say in the ball game, they're sitting there, and then all of a sudden on national TV, their faces flash on there and say, "If you've seen these people or individuals, you know, please let us know." And so nationally, it's televised, and the, uh, they're embarrassed, right? And then on top of the fact that the national televised, they get escorted out probably by health police or whatever you want to call that. Then they get quarantined. Then after they get quarantined, they're probably going to have to pay for their own quarantine. All in the all, all because there has been a mistake, and it turns out that the private corporation that 
has this software got the crappy software because they wanted to go cheap because cheaper is better and they save money. Well, it was at the cost of the right of the individual and their due process. So then they have to take a test that is is not as good or as accurate as it should be. And they all are tested and it turns out that the test says they're uh, false positive. That information gets immediately uploaded to all the employer servers that have subscribed to this private server. And if his employer, uh, which in this circumstance uh, and scenario that they have, this employer then immediately fires him or lets him go until further notice. And then uh, I've actually rep- represented people as a, re- as a result of how scary it is, because this has actually happened to one of my clients, that, uh, that he was let go as a result of an arrest. And he was, it was, it, he was guilty till proven innocent, not innocent till proven guilty, and the charges were all cleared. But anywho, so then, uh, not only that, but then because of what they're doing, their bank accounts may be frozen, then then obviously that the it, well in China then other their other friends family and members if they are labeled a well quote unquote discredited citizen then they would in turn the family and friends would also get in trouble if they associated with them any longer so as you can see this is uh this is a um, Orwellian nightmare scenario and um, I'm I'm not here to be on one side or the other um, I, I I'm a fatalist I guess. In the sense that the this is going to happen whether we like it or not, and I want to get ahead of it. And the only way to get ahead of it is to start presenting ideas in a think tank to address the real issues, which is going to be due process and open source, private corporations having rights to uh, public data and being de facto de facto police by doing that and circumventing the Constitution. So a lot of problems with all of this. I think there are solutions, but if we don't get ahead of this now, it's going to, it's just going to be, it's going to be horrible, just horrible. So I really hope that people wake up. I'll have the, all these articles and all this information so you can verify it on, uh, on your own. And I believe that's it. If Skynet doesn't take over the world by my next podcast, I will see you then. Thanks. Bye.